Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. I have a, a very simple message, and the message is the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas. And the reason why I consider this as an important message, of course, all my messages are important, but I just want you to know that it is quite easy to forget or overlook the significance of this season because we celebrate it every year to the point where sometimes if you don't take care, it becomes something that you do automatically without thinking through it as the purpose and the reason for this season. So that's what I want to talk to you about. And to understand that, I want to make sure that you know that God, in fact, let me say it this way, Christmas is God fulfilling his promise to Adam and his descendants. To man, Adam, his wife Eve, and their descendants. God made a promise to them. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, God made a promise to him that indeed his wife Eve, the woman's seed, will one day manifest to bruise the head of the serpent who had deceived them and for the serpent to bruise his heel. So in a sense, when, if we go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, this is what it says. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come. So Christmas was when the fullness of the time came. When Jesus was born, the fullness of the time, when God made the promise to man, and we'll talk about that promise in a few minutes, but God made a promise to man. God faithfully executed the promise and when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, let's look at it very quickly. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. You see that? The woman's seed it shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. And so this is what God made that promise, that indeed there's going to be a seed of the woman that will bruise the head of the serpent. So let's switch over back to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And it says there, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, like he promised in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, made under the law. 
made under the law, made under the old covenant. He was to come to usher in the new covenant, but he was born under the old covenant. You follow? And to be born under the old covenant, that meant that he had to uh, be born in a society, in a nation that followed the old covenant, that followed the law. And the only nation, the only society, the only country, the only people that were under the law were the Jewish people. So he had to be born a Jew. You follow this? Let me prove this to you. Go with me to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 2. Let's start from verse 12. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. That at that time, at that time, talking about we Gentiles, at that time, we were without Christ. We were without the anointed one and the anointing. And in Jewish society, Christ there meant, means uh, Messiah. So at that time, you were without the Messiah. Being aliens, being foreigners from the commonwealth of Israel. You see that? From the, and it says, and strangers from the covenants of promise. So we were strangers because we were not part of the commonwealth of Israel. We were not part of the society that lived under the law. Jesus was born in the fullness of time, made of a woman under the law. And I'm showing you, to you, showing you here that under the law, he had to be born. Some, some people said, why was he born in Israel? Why couldn't he be born anywhere else but Israel? Well, this is the reason why. Because they were the only people on the face of this earth who were following the law of Moses. You follow? It says they were born, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was us. Until we uh, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Verse 13. It said, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh or near by the blood of Christ. So Jesus was born, I shared this with you last week, he was born, he was, uh, uh, he came into this world with one purpose, and the purpose was to shed his blood for us. He had to be born to have the blood to shed it for us. And I share with you why the blood is so important, because in, in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 says that indeed the, the life of the flesh is in the blood. You all remember that? The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I showed you how uh, blood equals life. So if you have the blood of Jesus, then you have the life of Jesus. You have to receive the blood of Jesus to wash away your sin so you can have the life of Jesus without sin in you. Praise the Lord. And so in this instance, you see that the message of Christmas was so that Jesus will be born under the law, made of a woman, so that he can present his blood, the blood of Christ, to be the, the propitiation for our sins. Go to Re- Revelation chapter 1. Verse 5, the book of Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, 
So, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. In his own blood. Are you listening to me here? And so, in a sense, if you are washed from your sins and, and my sins in Jesus' blood, how could you possibly have sin again? If God caused Jesus to pay the price for your sins, if he judged your sins in him, it would be very wrong of a God who did that and to come back and judge your sin again in you. If he judged all your sins in Jesus, which he did, when he washed all your sins from our sins in his own blood, if he did, if he judged Jesus, judge Jesus with your sin and my sin. If you put all of our sins on Jesus and judged him, punished him, made him suffer for your sin, it would be wrong for God to also, following that, to judge you and punish you for your sin. If that is the case, why did Jesus come? It's important for, and so the message of Christmas is a, is a message of the faithfulness of God who came on the scene in the garden and made a promise to man that in spite of what Satan, the adversary of our soul, had done, he, God, will see to it that there is a return to the glory that man had before man sinned. If you go to the book of Psalms, chapter 8, verse 5, the book of Psalms, chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned this man with glory and honor. When God made man, he crowned him with glory and honor. You know, the crown always goes on the head of the person Who's ahead? Are you getting me here? And so man was ahead of all of God's creation. And so that's where the glory was upon man. How can you then not, I'm sure that you thought about this before, how could Adam and Eve be in the midst of all the lions and the tigers and the bears and all of those animals and they didn't do anything to them? Because of the glory. When they saw the glory on them, they knew they had to bow to them. Are you listening to me here? Because the scripture says that, go to the next verse. <clears throat> it says, Thou madest him to have dominion over all the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. And so this is why it was clear to the animal kingdom that there is the head over all creation and the head is man. So when Satan came along, he went straight to the head to try and get the head to fall so that all creation will fall also. Go to the book of Romans chapter 8, 
And let's look at starting from verse 18. We're going to read verses 18 and 19. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So we're going through all this uh, pandemic and communication being uh, <laughs> thrown out of whack and all these other things that we're going through. This is very interesting here. But thank God we live through it all. Hallelujah. It says, that, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The glory that existed on man before man sinned. Next, next verse, verse 19. For the endless expectation of the creature, all creation, all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They want to see things put right side back up. Even all creatures, the tigers, the lions, the bears, the elephants, all waiting for man to step up to that level where man was so they can be where they need to be. Praise the Lord. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning. And uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the word of life changes lives. Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. The Bible says the time will come where uh, a baby, a child will play with a snake, and lamb, uh, the lion will lay next to the lamb and will not eat it. That means the lions don't want to eat lamb. Something happened for them to start doing that. But we'll go back to that. And they're all, according to this scripture, they're all waiting for the manifestation of the sons of the children of God. Oh, praise the Lord. So what I want to say, the message of Christmas was for Jesus to come so that he can make things right again. The things that man under Adam destroyed because of sin. 
And I thank God for those of us who have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We've accepted a gift from God. Look at John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Think about why does God want us to believe in him? Believe that he's carrying carrying the blood that can wash away our sins. That he is the person who has come to pay for the punishment that was due to us. He was to come and be our substitute, our replacement, and receive the punishment that we should have received. And he's a gift from God to us. And not only that, I like this part, but we can have what? Everlasting life. Everlasting life is eternal life. Eternal life is a God kind of life, often referred to as a Zoe life. You know, you have, you have natural life, and then you have spiritual life. A natural life is a life that you see in animals, uh, even in plants. And, and we, they, they, all those, uh, anything with life in it can die. Anything with life in it can die. Or will die. Anything. Man, on the other hand, was the only creation made not to die. That's what makes us so unique of all the creation of God. To the extent which, even if we think that, yes, there is death and people, of course, die. So what are you talking about? We're talking about the fact that God did not intend man to die to begin with. He was supposed to live have everlasting life or eternal life. But before man can have that, before man can have eternal life, God had to give man a choice. Do you want Adam or you want Jesus? Man has to have, be given a choice because there's no, it's not, how good is a free will if you don't have the right and the ability to make a choice. So God had to present to us, as he told the children of Israel, I present to you, look at Deuteronomy chapter 10, chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy, it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. God had to do that. He had to set before us Adam and Jesus. Why? Because of free will. Because he gave each of us. He made us to have free will. And, and you know, if you love someone, you want that person to receive that love. But you can love someone and they may not love you back. Hello? But, 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 and so God loves the world that he gave. But not everybody is receiving that love. Amen. Amen. Are you me here? In the book of Proverbs chapter 17 verse 8, it says that, that a gift is a precious thing. If Jesus is a gift to, uh, to man on Christmas, 
uh, day or Christmas season as we're in, then it means that he's a precious gift from God to us. And the Bible says in Proverbs 17:8, a precious gift, if you turn that precious gift any direction, you turn it to you to bless you. Amen. So however we will turn Jesus around, those of us will receive him, and I'll go through some of them in a minute. So you can see all that which is in Jesus. In fact, we often talk about blessing, but Jesus is the blessing. He is the blessing. And so when we say that you are blessed, we're talking about you have Jesus on you. And, 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 and why not? Praise the Lord. Because he came to bring the blessing. He came because he is the blessing. He can bless. You know, uh, God said to Abraham, I'll bless you. And then through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham couldn't do that. It was Abraham's seed that came to fulfill that, who is Jesus. And so look at um, Acts chapter 3, verse 22. Let's see. Um, what verse? We don't read the whole thing. Uh, keep on going. Keep on. I said uh, chapter 2. Uh, Acts chapter 2. Let me get my. Just want you to see what the Bible says about Jesus uh, and in terms of the blessing. In the book of Acts chapter 2, it says, starting from verse. Where I, where I am, 20, that is, okay, let's look at, the scripture says that he, Jesus, came to bless us. And I wanted to read it um, so you, you can see where it says that. Sometimes it's interesting. Well, okay, chapter 3. So you were right when you went there. Chapter 3. And let's look at verse 26. Uh, in fact, let's start from verse 25. Acts chapter 3, verse 25. So you are the children of the prophets. And of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. You see that? And then next verse says, unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you. And turn away every one of you from his iniquities. So the point here is this, that indeed God, Send Jesus to bless us because he is the blessing. Christmas 
is a season that will celebrate the blessing. Not only to the Jewish people, but to all people. So, in that sense, let's look at what did Jesus come with to do for us? What is, what is the message of Christmas? I have several, uh, maybe, let me see, about 12 things I want to share with you. If I don't go through, get to through all of them, uh, that'll be fine anyway. Another time you'll get it. But Jesus, before I even go further, the Christmas message is simply this. God fulfilled his promise to man. So we celebrate with joy, the joy of Christmas, because he fulfilled his message to man, his promise to man. Secondly, when Jesus came, he came to bless us, he came to wash our sins in his blood, but another thing that he did that was so powerful, he came to reveal God to us as a father. Before Jesus showed up, it was difficult for people to see, especially Jewish people who knew of the scriptures, to see God as a father. They would talk about Father Abraham, but not Father God. Remember when uh, the, the, uh, the rich man in hell called upon Father Abraham to send the servant Lazarus to dip his finger in water, they knew, they knew about Father Abraham. Jesus came and showed them about Father God. So he, <coughs> amen. So he came to reveal the Father to all mankind. And why is that important? It is important because if you know you have a Father, you know you have someone that will take care of you. At least that is. That is the significance and the important thing that fathers do. They, they are the priests of the home, yes. They are the head of the home, yes. But they are also ones that have been given the authority, the spiritual authority in the home to decree, to declare, to establish things as how those who live under him in that house will guide themselves. So God the Father does the same thing. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 13. Luke chapter 11, verse 11, Jesus said this. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father. You see that? Will he give him a stone? No, the father will give that, that son a, 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 a bread. If he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? No, the father will give the son, fish instead of a serpent. Next verse. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. The father will give his son an egg. Next verse. Or if you then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Bread, fish, and egg. If you know how to give good gifts unto you, how much more? How much more? Not how more, not how much, 
but God always deals with superlatives. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? What is the point here? And, 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 and the reason why it's about Holy Spirit here, the whole, he's given us the Holy Spirit as a down payment. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to wlcci.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Thank you all for listening to uh, this program this morning, and I hope it was a blessing to you. And now uh, I want, for those of you who have never had the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life, uh, that you pray this simple prayer with me. I say that, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Thank you for using your blood to wash away all of my sins of yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever, so the Father in heaven can accept me and take me as his child. And I declare, because I believe that you are the Lord and the Savior, that I am now born again, child of God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding, for the word of life changes lives. Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. Look at uh, Ephesians 1, verse 13. Ephesians 1, 13. Ephesians 1, 13. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed in Jesus Christ, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So the Holy Spirit is being given to us as a promise of the Father to tell us there's more coming. To tell us he's a down payment to let us know there's more coming. And that's what indeed the God said it's a good gift that I'm giving you. If you know how to give good, uh, good gifts to your children, I can, the good gift I'm going to give you is the Holy Spirit. It's already given us Jesus. You have to have Jesus first before you can have the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said that if you do receive him, then he and the Father will come and dwell on the inside of you. So you got all three. You got a trinity living on the inside of you now. If you're born again, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so when you see that, that's a Christmas message. The Christmas message is that God fulfilled his word, his promise to man. That he will send a seed of the woman born in the fullness of time to come and bruise the head of the serpent. So let us look at what Jesus came 
to do in bruising the head of the serpent. Go with me to Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Let's start from there. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man, Jesus, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. How does a person get lost? Anybody who gets lost is lost from not being at home. Not being able to get back home. You are not lost until you cannot get back home. And home is heaven. Home is with the father. That's why we try to get our children to know you can go home again. No matter what, you can go home again. That's what God does with that. No matter what we do, if you are his child, you can go home again. That's why when a child of God dies, they go home, they go to heaven. No matter what is it they've done. That makes somebody, and so a lost person is a person who can get home again. Now, so Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the message of Christmas. He came to seek and save those that were lost. Let's look at another thing that Jesus came to do. In 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, and let's pick up the second part of the verse. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came because it was promised in Genesis 3.15 that he would come to bruise the head of the serpent, right? The scripture says he was manifested in the fullness of time, we read it in Galatians 4.4, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Go with me to, uh, let's use the amplified version of this, the amplified version of this very verse. Amplified version. It says, uh, let's pick up the second half. The reason the Son of God was made manifest or visible, right, was to undo, that. that's why those who don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh are not of God, the Bible says. You have to believe that Jesus came in the flesh. Because he was what? Visible. Well, if some those who said, no, he came in the spirit only. No, if he came in the spirit, he would not be visible. He said the reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil has done. Oh, praise the Lord. We're going to go to some of the works in a minute. But let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And let's pick up from verses 16 and 17. Talking about the manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he came to do for us. The message of Christmas. These are, if, if we had uh, the Christmas tree still sitting here. This would be all the gifts around the tree. The tree of life. Praise the Lord. Hello. <laughs> Each one of those bags will contain what I'm saying. The third thing I want you to see is Romans chapter 8. Verse, see the spirit himself 
bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's why the Holy Spirit is given to us as a gift from God. To help us to confirm and affirm and ascertain and be persuaded in our spirit man that indeed we are the children of God. It is the Holy Spirit that does it. You'd be surprised. It's not you thinking that, you know, I'm a child of God. No, Holy Spirit is helping you to think that way. Helping you to believe that way. Helping you to get, that's why it's a gift. It's a blessing from God to us. He says that, that he bears witness. You know, a witness is somebody who has been present at an event where he experienced it to the extent which he can talk about it. The Holy Spirit was there when you were saved. When Jesus came to seek and save you, he was there. And so he's a witness and he's telling you that indeed he is there. He was there and you are truly a child of God because he was there to see it happen. Oh, praise the Lord. Next verse. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. Think about it. So Jesus was manifested. He came in the flesh. He was made visible. He was made by a woman under the law in the fullness of time so that he can make us join heirs with him. To be a joint heir with him is this that it's like our arms are locked together. Every part of us is locked up with him. Whatever he has is what we have. I, I got a, a revelation one time. I think I shared that with you here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 it says this, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So as far as God is concerned, the spirit of Jesus is the same spirit in you. That's what we celebrate Christmas. I have the spirit of Christ. I have the spirit. You have the spirit of Christ in you. The same spirit in Christ is the spirit in you. There's no difference in terms of quality. In terms of quality, the spirit that is in Jesus and the spirit that is in you. He who is joined with Christ, the Lord, is one spirit. You can't separate the spirit of Christ from your spirit. That's why you go to heaven when you die. That's why you can go home again. Oh, glory. He went, didn't he go home when he was raised up from the dead? He went home. This, this is what he said. Look at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. <coughs> Excuse me. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. It says, let, let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Next verse. In my father's house. Again, he was talking to the Jewish people and they only knew God as God. They didn't know him as father. The father was Father Abraham. The lawgiver was Moses. But God, Jesus came to show, in fact, hold on to this. Um... Go to John chapter 10. Um, and let's pick up from uh, verse. Now go to John chapter 14. 
Let's pick up from verse 6. Read that. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Next verse. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. So how could they have known the Father if they had not known Jesus? And Jesus hadn't come yet. So that's why they couldn't know the Father. So Jesus came to reveal the Father. He says, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Isn't what the, uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 refers to Jesus as the everlasting father? Next verse. It says, Phil saith unto him, Lord, show us the father. Obviously, they didn't know you. Say, you show us the father. And it will be enough. It will suffice us. And this is what Jesus said. <clears throat> verse 9. He said unto him, have I been so long time with you and yet has thou not known me? Philip, he that seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. You follow this? What were we before we went went there? Oh, John chapter 14. Is that where we were? Okay. Chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Okay. All right. <clears throat> it says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, and that where I am, there you may be also. Listen to this. He says, I'll go and prepare a place for you. He's going back home. And I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Where? Home. And so you're not lost. Hello. Because you're going home. Hallelujah. Next verse. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And then he talks about uh, how you get there through him. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming down to the Father but by me. All right. So this is another thing that Jesus came to do for us. Let's go to another place. Go with me to John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. That's exactly what Satan went into the Garden of Eden to do to Adam and Eve. But Jesus said, I am come. And and listen to this. Uh, Go to verse 1. I want you to get this. I am come that you might have life and the life more abundantly. So one thing I want to point out is that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. An abundant life is the Zoe life, the eternal everlasting life of God. But I want you to see where, what he describes a thief to be. A, 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 the characteristic of a thief. Let's listen to Jesus himself. Go to verse 1 of this. We are saying, to he that entered not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbed up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube.
thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning and uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior, and I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the word of life changes lives. Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. So Jesus is saying, Satan showed up here without going through how everybody gets through to come to this world. He chose to borrow the body of a snake to come here because he's a spirit. If God is so smart. He is so smart. Our Father is smart. You know, He, he built this world into what I call a, a duality of existence. There's a reality in this world, and the reality is a duality of existence. That means that we are both in a spirit. And in the natural at the same time. And so if you are in the spirit and you're coming into the natural, there has to be a door. There has to be a door for you to come from the spiritual realm to the natural realm. And the door is the womb of a woman. And if you don't do that, you're a thief and a robber. And so Satan didn't, doesn't have the power to do it. Amen. So he, what did he do? He counterfeited it. Showed up by borrowing a body because you need a body. This is why when somebody dies, they don't stay here. I don't know why people are afraid of ghosts. <laughs> yeah, we, we, there's no, because the moment a person's spirit leaves the body, they're not here anymore. Because this is not a place for the spirits to be here when they leave the body. They either go to heaven or they go to hell. But to come into this world, you need to come through the womb of a woman. God is amazing. He knew Satan couldn't do it. Even the Antichrist, the Bible says, he will possess him. He will possess the man. And give the man all his power so he can do the most evil, terrible things that could ever be, be imagined by a person, a human being, on the face of this earth. All right, so 
Uh, let's move on. Let's go to another point. Uh, Jesus came to heal us. So this is the fifth thing that Jesus did. We are turning the gift that Jesus is to us in this Christmas season. We are looking at the gifts that we received from God. He says that Jesus is a gift. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In, in, in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jesus is a gift to us. And today we are looking at this gift under the Christmas tree, the tree of life, to see all the things that we get by virtue of having Jesus as a gift. And the fifth one I'm going to talk about is that Jesus came to heal us. Go with me into the book of Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. It says, he himself, it might be fulfilled, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And again, it says that this might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Jesus came to fulfill the promise of God to man. And because when Adam sinned, the Bible says that God said that the day that you eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the day that you will surely die. You all remember that? And, and, and a sure death is a spiritual death. And, and that spiritual death eventually affects the natural. And that's when the natural also eventually dies. And it took this man almost a thousand years before he died. Because man hadn't died before. I think it said that he lived to be 940 uh, thereabout. Methuselah was the only man that lived to be 969 years old. Can you imagine living that long? Whew. All right. <laughs> We praise, praise the Lord. And, so, and so, so Jesus came to take away our infirmities and bore us. That's why it is not right for that which he took away to seek to remain in us. Just like it's not right for the sin he took away to be considered still to be in us. And if you can take, because as a scripture, that combines both. Go to First uh, John, First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four. First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four. Now I want you to see this. This is so powerful. This verse. A verse is a thought in God's mind. I want you to get it. A verse is a thought in God's mind. A verse is a thought in God. So let us read the thoughts of God concerning this verse. He said, who his own self bore our sins in his own body. We read, he bore our sins that's why you can't bear your sins in your body anymore. Because Jesus took it. He bore our sins in his own body 
on the tree that we being dead to sins because he bore our sins there's no more sin in us according to this verse when you're dead to sins that means there's no sin in you should live unto righteousness that's where we miss it we are not living unto righteousness we are not living as righteous people we are living like we are sin influenced in our daily lives. Because we miss it, and yes, we miss it. We do things that we're not supposed to do. Yes, we understand that. But that doesn't make us sinners because it doesn't change the fact that the Bible says the same thought of God that because your sins have been taken care of by my son, Jesus, on, on the tree, you now should live unto righteousness. The Bible says, I work to righteousness and sin not. Look at the last bit. By whose stripes you were healed. If you live unto righteousness, you will walk in your healing. If you live unto righteousness, that means that if you believe you have right standing with God. If you believe you are joined as one spirit with Jesus. And as we just read there, if you believe that God is your father. What else would you ask him that he would not give you? If an evil father can give bread to his son, egg to his son, or fish to his son, why wouldn't God the Father give you healing to you as his child? So if you live unto righteousness, if you live unto the right standing with God, if you live unto your new birth, you'll be able to walk in it. You have to continue to confess that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are the healed of the Lord. No matter what is going on in your body. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's go to one more scripture. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus came to heal us. He came to bless us. He came to heal us. And you have to believe that. If you believe that, then live it. The way you live it is that you speak it. The way you speak it is that you meditate in it and you speak it. You're lying in bed and you're declaring yourself that you are the healed of the Lord. You say, you, you meditate in it. Amen. Jesus took away my sins. I no longer have sins in my body. I don't have sins anymore. Jesus took it. Not only that, he also told me to live as a righteous person. Live like I am, have right standing with God. And not only that, live like God is my father. And that because of it, I can say to the father, Father, your word says to me that indeed, if I ask you anything, and indeed, I don't even have to ask because you've already done it for me. So I want to thank you that you've done it. I want to thank you that I'm healed. I want to thank you that I'm righteous. I want to thank you that I'm born again. I want to thank you that I'm joined with one spirit with Christ Jesus. I want to thank you that Jesus was sent by you to heal me. 
I want to thank you, Jesus, for being a gift of God to me. Oh, praise the Lord. That's the Christmas message. That's the Christmas message. Let's go one more and then uh, if we have time, we'll pick up another time, the rest of it. Now, let's go with me uh, to Matthew chapter 16. Really, Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18. Jesus came to give us authority through his name. Jesus came to give us authority through his name. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. You got to believe you can do that. You encounter a situation on the job, somebody acting funny, acting crazy. Just go to the bathroom and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit behind that person. That's what Jesus did with Peter. Peter received a revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. The devil said, oh, okay. If he got straight from God a revelation of what Jesus is, maybe I can deceive him to think the next thing that he hears is from him. The same line of thinking or thought right after he declared Jesus as a Messiah, two verses later on, Jesus was saying, okay, you declared me as a Messiah, yes I am. That means I'm going to go and suffer and die in Jerusalem. Peter should have known that. That's the word. But the enemy used him to rebuke Jesus. Don't say that. You're not going to go over to the... No. Let me show you. You're looking kind of stunned here. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16. Let's speak of verse 18. Matthew 16, verse 18. And I say also unto you, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This after uh, Peter had declared him to be the Messiah. Next verse. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Next. Then charges his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus, the Christ, or the Messiah. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to wlcci.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning. And uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. 
You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the word of life changes lives.